Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick with the Notorious Fantasy Edit. Today's video, we are talking about my must-own mid-round picks for fantasy football in 2020. These are the guys going from round 5 all the way until around round 9. I'm going to be discussing players at running back and the wide receiver position that I believe that are the biggest values inside of those rounds. These are the guys that I'm really targeting inside of every single draft. Now, before I get into the video, if you guys do at any point end up enjoying this video, you end up chuckling, you end up having a great time, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. It's free. I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 fantasy football channel. Championship. Also, while you're down there, check out the Patreon. It has my draft guide as well as some other information to help you guys win your 2020 Fantasy Football Championship. So let's get right into it. Must own mid-round uh, picks for 2020. First, we're going to start off here with my main man, DJ Chark of the Jacksonville Jaguars. FFPC ADP 55.67. What that means, FFPC is a high-stakes fantasy football website. ADP is average draft position, so the 55th player off the board on there. He is a Jacksonville Jaguar, 6'3", 199 pounds out of LSU. 24.0 years old. This is DJ Chark's third year in the NFL. 4.3440 dash, 98th percentile, 96th percentile speed score, 93rd percentile burst score. He doesn't have an agility score or a catch radius. Now, DJ Chark is one hell of an athlete. This guy is super fast and legitimately the only remaining piece on this Jacksonville Jaguars offense that is anywhere near wanted for fantasy football, I would say, besides Gardner Minshew for at least in redraft. The dynasty, obviously, people are very high in LaVishka Chenault, but Talking redraft rise, DJ Chark is the main guy. Leonard Fournette got his ass sent packing. They straight up cut his ass. They said, get the fuck out of here. And now Leonard Fournette is in Tampa Bay. He kind of just moved a little bit, you know, across the state. Now it's DJ Chark's team. DJ Chark is going to be the guy getting the ball so often on this team that I'm surprised his ADP hasn't risen even further. I am starting to really, really love DJ Chark, and I loved him a lot before this. Now this team, or I mean not even this team, just this player, DJ Chark, is going to get fed the ball so much he might look like Michael Thomas. He doesn't even have to run down the field. He could just run 3,000 and slants and get a million fantasy points because who else are you going to give the ball to in this offense? If we look at DJ Chark's last season. It proves that he can do it and has done it before. Last season finished as wide receiver number 17 in PPR, playing in 15 games. His ADP right now is wide receiver number 24, pick 53 at round five. So right now you're getting him at a discount based upon what he played last year, and he could likely easily overtake that strictly based off the fact that Leonard Fournette's gone, and now he is going to be seeing so many targets. I know, right now you might be sitting there thinking, Nick, why does Leonard Fournette leaving give DJ Jark so many targets? Leonard Fournette had 100 targets last season. 100 targets that have now disappeared like fucking fairy dust into the sky. Now, DJ Chark is going to suck those things up like a goddamn vacuum cleaner, and he's going to have even more targets than I thought he was going to have initially. 14.9 PPR points per game ranking, 9 at wide receiver, 17 targets, 7.8 per game, ranking 20th at wide receiver, 73 receptions, 4.9 per game, ranking 19th at wide receiver. He was top 20 in targets last season, and no one even knew who DJ Chark was until the season begun, and a couple weeks in, he was really tearing it up with Gardner Minshew. 1,008 receiving yards, 67.2 per game, 24th at wide receiver, 6 red zone receptions, 33rd at wide receiver, 8 total touchdowns, 8th at wide receiver, and a 21.8% target share in the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, ranking 28th at wide receiver, which I honestly expect to go up a whole bunch. I wouldn't be surprised if he was inside of the top 15 or even the top 10 at target share for the wide receiver position. 
Around him, there's obviously D.D. Westbrook, there's LaVishka Chenault, but none of those guys compare to the talent that D.J. Chark has, and I personally believe that even with those other guys there, DJ Chark is just going to get force-fed the ball. We can see that last season, DJ Chark was really efficient. He had a 31.4% dominator rating at the position, which pretty much calculates all these stats, smashes them together, and tells you how good the player was, ranking 13th at wide receiver. This guy had zero, I count zero, drops last season, and he had an 80.3% catchable target rate, 33rd at wide receiver, and I expect that to go up even higher with Gardner Minshew experience going up at the quarterback position. I really believe Gardner Minshew is going to have a great year, and the way he's going to do it is by force-feeding DJ Chark, so I'm all aboard the DJ Chark train in 2020. Next player to talk about here is one of my favorite mid-round running backs, and that is James White, running back of the New England Deflatriots, FFPC, ADP, 75.45. 5'9", 204 pounds, 28.6 years old for old man now, James White. James White ran a 4.57 40-yard dash, 56th percentile, 40th percentile speed score, 18th percentile burst score, 66th percentile agility score, and had a 74th percentile bench press coming out of college. But in my opinion, the workout metrics don't really mean shit when it comes to James White because you know what you're getting when you're drafting James White, a guy that's going to be catching the ball out of the backfield, and potentially getting opportunities to run in between the tackles. Now, obviously, right now, it is so confusing what is happening for the New England Patriots backfield. Initially, Sony Michelle's hurt. Now, Sony Michelle's returning. And then they're saying, oh, Damian Harris is going to be the starter. And then Damian Harris gets hurt. He might miss week one. They brought in Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller might miss, miss week one. So what the fuck are they going to do at running back? And I think James White is going to be the biggest benefactor of all these guys being injured. ADP running back 31, pick 82, round 7. How does that make any sense when he was running back 18 last year? He is almost going at a time he was finished as running back 18. It just makes no sense at all why he's getting drafted that far back. Is it because Tampa Bay Tom Brady's gone? Because Checkdown Tom is gone? Because I personally don't believe that matters at all. In 15 games last season, he had 12.8 PPR points per game, ranking 22nd at the running back position. He is not even seeing over 100 carries. He only sees 67 carries, ranking 53rd at the running back position. He only had 263 rushing yards, ranking 57th at running back. It does not matter because this guy is a target monster. 95 targets, 6.3 per game, 6th at running back. 72 receptions, 4.8 per game, 6th at running back. 645 receiving yards, 43.0 per game, ranking 3rd at running back. Only ranking behind Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler in that category. Red zone touches, 30, 23 at running back and his total touchdowns were 5 34th at the running back position and you better believe James White is going to be just as involved as he was last season maybe even more involved this season with wham bam Cam Newton we've seen Cam Newton dump off the ball to the running back before I don't understand the narrative that Cam Newton doesn't dump the ball off to the running back because he did it last season not last season actually because he was hurt but the seasons prior in 2017 80 receptions on 113 targets for Christian McCaffrey, 651 yards, and 5 touchdowns in the receiving game. 2018, 107 receptions on 124 targets for 867 yards and 6 touchdowns for Christian McCaffrey. So how in the fuck does he not dump the ball off? I don't understand that narrative at all. James White, last few season finish. Last year, top 18 running back. In 2018, running back number 7. He's been a top 
10 running back before. And it's not like in 2018 he was doing anything different, getting so much in between the tackles work. No, it's all in the pass-catching game. And I personally believe if James White is given just maybe 100 touches in the rushing game, he can easily finish as a top 15 running back. And he is getting drafted as running back number 31 on the board. To me, that is ludicrous, like you are inside of a Fast and Furious movie. I don't understand it at all. I'm all on board with James White, even with Wham Bam Cam Newton at the quarterback position. Next player to talk about here is my main man, Tyler. Yeah, Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals, FFPC, ADP 75.04, 6 foot 1, 197 pounds, 25.9 years old. And just like with James White, this guy has garbage workout metrics, but plays far higher than that. 4.58 40-yard dash, 37 percentile, 34th percentile speed score, 30th percentile burst score, 48th percentile agility score, and a 39th percentile catch radius for Tyler Boyd. Now, we all know Tyler Boyd. At least the people who have been watching for a while know who the fuck Tyler Boyd is. Now, if you guys are new, please click that subscribe button. But Tyler Boyd is the wide receiver two. Now, notice how I do the little wide receiver two with my hands, you know? Little uh, parentheses or whatever that shit is called. Put it in uh, quotations. I don't know. He's the wide receiver two, all right? Tyler Boyd's situation is he is the wide receiver two, technically, because A.J. Green's the wide receiver one. Now, we all know A.J. Green is not healthy at all. He could be on the biggest goddamn loser. That's how unhealthy this guy is. Now, that's a joke. It's, it's a funny one, I think, maybe. But the thing is that he is always so unhealthy. He always just magically gets hurt. He will literally take his kids to fucking school, and he crashes straight into some mom drive, driving his kids off at school and breaks his arm. He is walking the dog, and, so, and then his dog just turns around, bites him in the neck out for the season. That's the kind of shit that happens to A.J. Green. Now, Tyler Boyd has been there for a couple of seasons, but his last two years has been over 1,000 receiving yards two years in a row and he did that with Andy Dalton in 2018 and in 2019 he did it with a combo of Andy Dalton and Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley is a absolute garbage can but for some reason they were trying to tank so they let him play and Tyler Boyd still prevailed in that situation. If we look at his stats last year finishes wide receiver number 18 in 16 games. Right now coming off the board is wide receiver 30, pick 71 and round number 6. 13.9 PPR points per game ranking 27th at wide receiver. So you can see that the fact that that he was so healthy did end up boosting his overall finish at the end of the season since his points per game was only 27th at wide receiver. That does not really concern me, if I'm being completely honest with you. I think he has better quarterback play this season. I think that Joe Burrow is a step up from Andy Dalton and from Ryan Finley. It certainly is from Ryan Finley. Maybe he's just slightly worse than Andy Dalton, and it still probably wouldn't matter. 147 targets, 9.2 per game, ranking 7th at wide receiver, 9 receptions, 5.6 per game, ranking 8th at wide receiver, 1,045 receiving yards, 65.3 per game, ranking 22nd at wide receiver, 7 red zone receptions, 25th at wide receiver, 5 total touchdowns, 37th at wide receiver, and a 24.9% target share in the Bengals offense, 13th at wide receiver. Now, obviously... Tyler Boyd should not be seeing as many targets or being like that much of a head honcho target share there because A.J. Green was out all of last season. So that might scare you away, right? You might be thinking, oh, now that A.J. Green's back, he's going to be worse. Actually, it is quite the contrary. When A.J. Green is healthy in the nine games, we can see in split is with A.J. Green. 21 is out of split without A.J. Green. So without A.J. Green, he's averaging 13.85 PPR points per game in 21 games, 5.29 receptions, 0.33 receiving touchdowns, 8.62 targets, and 64.57 receiving yards. In the nine games he has played in his whole career with A.J. Green, he averages almost five more PPR points, 17.44 versus 13.85. His reception Receptions, guess what? They go up 6.11. His receiving touchdowns go up 0.56. His targets do end up going down, but since they go down, 
Just kidding. His receptions are exactly pretty much the same. They're actually slightly higher. But what I meant to say was that his targets are lower, but it doesn't even matter because the targets are going to be better. He's going to be playing up against a worse cornerback. Last year, Tyler Boyd was by far and away the wide receiver one of the Cincinnati Bengals. When A.J. Green comes there, A.J. Green's the alpha guy. So now the, the corner two is guarding Tyler Boyd. It makes Tyler Boyd much, much better because he doesn't have to face such top-tier talent, which counts for more touchdowns, more targets, more receptions, or not more targets, I should say, more receptions, as well as more receiving yards. So Tyler Boyd is better with A.J. Green healthy, but you should not be concerned even if A.J. Green gets hurt because he's still putting up a decent amount of points and you're finding him in the middle of your draft as a nice safe pick to be your wide receiver too. I see no reason why people aren't more on top of Tyler Boyd this season, especially if A.J. Green can finally stay healthy for a full season. Tyler Boyd probably has top 10 potential and he could this year even with A.J. Green hurt given Joe Burrow being better, the play calling being better, and overall having an overall better team in Cincinnati in 2020. Next player to talk about here is wide receiver Scary Terry McLaurin of the Washington football team. Now, the assessment of Scary Terry McLaurin is brought to you guys by Manscaped.com. Have you ever been trying to shave your balls in the dark? You're just sitting there, you're in the shower, and you forgot to turn on the light. And you're trying to shave down there, and then it looks like the Boston Massacre happened all over your junk. Has that ever happened to you? Because it's happened to me. And you want to know what doesn't happen? When you use the Lawnmower 3.0, that motherfucker has a flashlight on it. It is a glow-in-the-dark type action here. You can see everything, and it works in the shower. And guess what? It, it doesn't nick you. You will not bleed at all. It's amazing. So if you guys want to check out the Lawnmower 3.0, you want to check out the other products Manscaped has. I have their underwear. That shit is so comfy. And it also has, they also have ball deodorant. You want your balls smelling beautiful? Get that. Manscaped.com. Code Notorious at checkout for 20% off as well as free shipping. So speaking of Terry McLaurin, Washington football team wide receiver, FFPC ADP 51.62, 6 feet tall, 208 pounds, 25 years old out of the Ohio State University. He has some beautiful workout metrics and some beautiful play to back them up. 4.35, 40-yard dash, motherfucker is fast as fuck. 98th percentile, 95th percentile speed score, 77th percentile burst score, 58th percentile agility score, and a 76th percentile catch radius. Now, if we're looking at Terry McLaurin, finished as wide receiver 29 last season in 14 games. Right now, coming off the board as wide receiver 25, pick 59, round number 5. Now, last year, I would describe Terry McLaurin's season as... Confusing at the quarterback position. He went from having, I don't even remember, to be honest with you, who started the year. Then he goes to, then it goes to Haskins. Then it goes to like Colt McCoy. Then it goes back to Haskins. It was just a shit show at the quarterback position for Washington. It was a revolving door. It was opening. It was closing. But Dwayne Haskins begins the season as the starter. Now, I personally believe that Dwayne Haskins is going to be better in 2020. He just has to be. He was drafted so highly in the draft. He played with Terry McLaurin in college, which I thought was honestly funny because Terry McLaurin and him didn't seem to have much of a connection. But it does kind of make sense because Terry McLaurin wasn't all that good in college and really has surprised people with his play in the NFL. 13.7 PPR points per game, ranking 29th at wide receiver. He had almost 100 targets in his rookie season, and I obviously expect that to go up in 2020. Terry McLaurin did all these numbers being the wide receiver one on the team. In his rookie year, he was put in a situation where you could easily fail being a rookie where it's very hard to learn the playbook early. 
Very hard to defeat these elite corners, and he was still able to do it as the wide receiver one in his rookie season. 93 targets, 34th at wide receiver, 58 receptions, 36th at wide receiver, 919 receiving yards, 65.6 per game, ranking 27th at wide receiver. Now, you might see a discrepancy in 93 targets and 58 receptions, and we're going to be talking about that in a little bit, but it was because the quarterback wasn't so accurate when throwing the ball to scary Terry McLaurin. 919 receiving yards, 8 red zone receptions, 18th of wide receiver, 7 total touchdowns, 13th of wide receiver, and 23% target share in the Washington football team offense, 22nd at wide receiver. So if we look at it, his catchable target rate was only 79.6%, 40th at wide receiver. But he had a 68.4% contested catch rate. This guy, you're throwing the ball anywhere near him, he's catching it. Doesn't matter if there's three guys on him, this guy reaches back like 1-3 and catches that shit. Number one at wide receiver, 115.9 quarterback ranking when targeted, 10th at wide receiver. This guy made Dwayne Haskins, Colt McCoy, all these guys who weren't that good last year look like Patrick Mahomes when they were throwing him the ball because that's how good Terry McLaurin is. 9.9 yards per target, 12th at wide receiver, and 15.8 per uh, yards per reception, 14th at wide receiver. This guy was ultra efficient in his rookie year going up against the best corner on every single team. Plus, he plays on a team that is going to be down in a lot of games where they're going to have to be throwing late, which even further solidifies my argument on Terry McLaurin. I would not be surprised at all if Scary Terry was a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy football. Would not surprise me at all. And I'm very big on him, and I hope he has a great season. Let me know what you guys think about Scary Terry McLaurin or Scoring McLaurin down below in the comments. And final player to talk about in this video, rookie running back Cameron Akers of the Los Angeles Rams, 49.79 FFPC ADP, 5'10", 217 pounds, 4.47 ran at the combine at the 40-yard dash last season, 87th percentile, or last year I should say, 89th percentile speed score, 66th percentile burst score, and a 51st percentile bench now, this guy last year at Florida State University, let me tell you, he was the best offensive lineman on the team, and he plays running back. That team's O-line was as useful as a turnstile that lets you in when you want to go down to like a... Uh like a subway station, and you walk through that thing. That's what the offensive line was. It was getting plowed over. And Cam Akers, not a big dude, chilling back there. They pull up, bang, getting knocked on your ass. Cam Akers is a beast. And that's what NFL coaches look for. Guys who will block out of the backfield. So he will be seeing more time on the field, which is going to benefit him to getting more touches. Now, the situation in L.A., is a bit scurry. It's a bit scary there because you don't know if they're going to use running back by committee or if they're going to commit to Cameron Akers. In my opinion, with Darrell Henderson potentially missing week one, I think Cam Akers could legitimately cement himself as the running back one and take off with it due to the fact that they used Todd Gurley so effectively even when the guy was hurt last season. And we've seen Todd Gurley be a straight-up workhorse in the NFL before. So that proves to me that Cam Akers could do it in this situation with a running back up to his caliber. The only question is behind him, but I think Cam Akers could emerge a couple weeks in, take that job, ride that shit like a horse, slap its ass, and ride his way to stardom as a running back. ADP right now, running back 28, pick 66, and round number 6. So last year at Florida State University, he played in 11 games, had 231 touches, 1,144 rushing yards, 5 yards per carry, and I'm pretty sure 4.9% of the yards per carry, or 4.9 of the yards per carry, were just straight up while there's guys on him. He's just running through him. He doesn't give a damn. His yards after contact is unreal. 
because that offensive line was getting plowed over, like I said, and he'd have to put the team on his back just to get past the line of scrimmage. 30 receptions on 42 targets, 225 receiving yards, 18 total touchdowns, and a 9.70% target share in the FSU offense. He was doing it all on offense last year, and I believe he's going to be able to do it all in LA this season. If we look at Todd Gurley in the past, like I said, last year he finished as running back 14 in 15 games on a snap count early on. Todd Gurley played on 71% of the snaps. Darrell Henderson played on 8.4%, and Malcolm Brown played on 20%. So we may be able to eventually see Cam Akers work his way up and become a guy that's getting 60-plus percent of the snaps, and that's when we're going to see Cam Akers become the running back that we all think he could be and potentially be a running back one or two for fantasy football. Now, he is the riskiest guy on this list. If you draft him, you may not be able to play him week one. If Darrell Henderson is healthy, I'd probably bench him, wait a couple weeks for Akers to get good, and then you can play him. But hey, maybe you're more risky than I. You play him week one, and he blows up. That's entirely possible because I love Cam Akers. I believe in the talent, and I believe in him this year for fantasy football in 2020. So let me know what you guys think about my must own mid-round values. Let me know if you enjoyed them. Let me know if you hated them. Let me know if you felt a bit indifferent. You kind of like some of the guys. You kind of hate some of the other guys. Let me know. I'd love to talk to you in the comments. We are almost at 6,000 subscribers. That is amazing. I love you all. I hope you guys all have a great rest of your day. Make sure that if you're trying to shave your balls, you're trying to look A1 down there, trying to look menufique to click that subscribe button and to check out manscaped.com code notorious at checkout for 20% off as well as free shipping. I love you all, and I'll see you motherfuckers later with yet another banger of a video. Good boy!